3: You're listening to the Buck Sexton
0: Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever
3: you get your podcasts.
0: While most of us are busy celebrating Easter or Passover over the holiday weekend, violent criminals across the country were turning American cities into war zones. The headlines told the tale this weekend as America's violent crime wave continues right under the noses of Democratic leaders on both the local and federal level. I'll have more on the weekend of violence and how progressive politicians are fanning the flames in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Violence in America's cities and across the country, really, continues to be a terrible problem, not just one of communities being ripped apart, people suffering. Uh, But also, of course, increasingly, a problem of politics, the Democrats, because people are recognizing just who is responsible for this mayhem, what policies have promoted all of this. But let's take a moment here to just see some of the headlines from the weekend. CBS 2 Pittsburgh, violent weekend in western Pennsylvania, five shot in three different incidents, ABC2 in Baltimore, three murders, 16 non-fatal shootings, And 26 robberies over another violent weekend in Baltimore. 16 non-fatal shootings in Baltimore. NBC Charlotte, the Queen City is reeling from a violent Easter weekend. NBC News 10 Rochester, violence throughout Easter weekend. Friends, uh, there have been a lot of high-profile mass shootings in recent days. Uh, We know about the mass shooting, a terrorist attack on the New York City subway last week that the media is, of course, now not mentioning really at all. We haven't even been able to find out. The identities of all of the victims, which seems interesting up to this point. Why can't we know who was attacked by that terrorist on the New York City subway system? But he had also been arrested about a dozen times before that incident, as so many other violent criminals we see across the country have also been arrested many times before finally an incident in which everyone can agree their danger to the public has become more than obvious. It is a proven fact. It is a reality, but how did we get to this place, and how do we stop it? That's really what we need to ascertain at this point in time. Here's some audio obtained by Fox News. It's it's a remarkable moment here. A convicted murderer is speaking on a jailhouse recorded line. Remember, when you're a prisoner, and you're having your conversations, unless it's with a lawyer, if you're having a conversation, it can be recorded, and often is. And here's a convicted gang member and murderer who is saying that he's going to get the district attorney of Los Angeles get his name tattooed on his face because of how great he thinks the district attorney is for going soft on violent career criminals like the gang member. Watch. This is
3: looking real good. Now we got a new DA in LA, so they're going to... Um, I got caught on the 14th, full. Right there in Compton on Thursday, so they're going to drop a gang of... Um, like my gun enhancement, my gang enhancement. My gang enhancement's 10 years, fool, for being a gang member. Yes. And then the gun and the commission well, of crime. Hey, nigga, Ga- or where the crime. <sighs> f- I don't get the n- name on my face. That's the chap right there. Did Gascon. That's the n- right there, bro. He's making historic changes for all of us, fool. You know, so I'm just grateful, fool. Like, I got good news off that. So, at least now I know, like, they're like, you're coming home, blood.
0: Like, they told me, my lord, told me, you're coming home. My lord, told me, coming home because the district attorney of Los Angeles is a progressive moron who wants to let violent, murdering gang members out as early as possible because somehow that's going to make society a better, fairer, more equitable place. The Democrats are appalling on this and have been for a long time, as we've seen ever since progressive prosecutors and the social justice in place of criminal justice mentality has taken hold, people are suffering. Disproportionately, I might add, black and Hispanic communities in this country uh, who suffer from crime rates that are above the national average, and so when there's a spike in crime rates, it disproportionately affects those areas. And by the way, the black community is very concerned with the rise in crime in this country. Pew Research uh, shows The top issues for black Americans right now, crime, 17%. Economic issues, 11%. Housing, 7%. Infrastructure, 5%. Public health, 6%. Crime is 17%. By far the highest issue for black Americans in Pew Research polling here because their communities get hit the hardest, especially when you undermine police, when there's a defunding of police. And the madness The madness that we see in these Democrat-controlled cities where somehow letting more criminals out is going to make us all better off or safer, somehow that's justice. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who so far has been an abject failure on the issue of controlling crime in New York City. Crime is way up in New York City, even since he took office. But here he is with the usual blame game of the inept politician blaming social media and drill music for violent crime. Watch.
3: I think social media uh, must step up. There's a corporate responsibility Um, when we are watching hate brew online uh, we could identify uh, using artificial intelligence and other methods to identify those who are talking about violence and you you know my uh, concerns around even uh, what's called drill music Uh, not all drill music but those that talks about inflicting violence on rival gangs that is driving uh, some of the shootings we're seeing in the parts of the bronx
0: commissioner so we've seen You know what would be a better approach instead of hoping for uh, less violent music? Which, I mean, I'm all in favor of less violent music, but it's not gonna be a problem solver of any significance. How about locking up criminals? How about deciding that people that are a threat to public safety who want to harm other human beings, to kill other human beings uh, for any variety of either gang or non-gang related uh, reasons, how about we take them off the street and lock them up for a long time? because they're a danger, because they should be punished for their transgressions against the law and against their fellow human beings. That would be a much smarter, much better approach, but there's politics at work here, of course. Democrats aren't going to turn around and say, you know what, we have been reckless morons on the issue of criminal justice for a long time, and we forced society to relearn some of the the, uh, issues of the past here. When it comes to criminal justice, we forced people to suffer once again Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams though, blaming people who didn't vote for Build Back Better. This is political now. As if not voting for Build Back Better is the same as defunding the police, watch this one.
3: I think the president has done an amazing job, but you've heard the narrative beforehand about defunding the police. Let me tell you what the defunders of police are. Those are those who did not vote on the Build Back Better bill. Money was in that bill for uh, police officers,
0: Money was in that bill for police officers. Money was also in that bill to the tune of
3: trillions of
0: dollars. At a time, we have 8.5% inflation. Trillions of dollars of additional spending. Some of it, very, very small percentage of it going to some law enforcement departments across the country. Uh, My friends, here's what Eric Adams actually did. He didn't raise the NYPD budget. Eric Adams' first budget as New York City mayor leaves police funding flat. So he's saying that the problem is you didn't go for a massive Biden budget buster of a bill with five trillion of spending over a decade plus. Uh, That means you're defunding the police. Meanwhile, he won't actually take action as the mayor of New York City to increase funding police friends. The, The funding issue is really largely now a, it's a distraction. This is about foundational philosophy when it comes to the rule of law. Do we have a society where people cannot break the law with impunity? where it doesn't matter what the percentages are of who is locked up or, or from, from what community or from what socioeconomic strata, you break the law, you are punished for it, you are taken off the street if you're a danger to your fellow Americans, your fellow human beings. Bottom line, do we live in that country still? We'll see what Democrats have to say about that. Are the national security threat posed by America's open borders coming into focus today As the Border Patrol reports, it captured at least 23 people on the terror watch list in 2021. We'll have more on that with senior national security fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, Todd Benzman, coming up after the break. Right now, I wanna tell you about the newest sponsor to hold the line, The Silencer Shop. You know I love the Second Amendment, I'm a big supporter. For many, gun owners owning a suppressor is a must. They protect your hearing, they improve your accuracy by minimizing recoil. Suppressors are 100% legal in 43 states. So if you wanna practice safe, accurate shooting, the best way to get your suppressor is through the Silencer Shop. They have a variety of suppressors, starting at just $365. My friends at Silencer Shop are the industry leader in suppressors, all right? Go check them out right now online. Get all the details you need at silencershop.com or on Instagram at instagram.com silencershop. Shop now at silencershop.com. They make silencer ownership simple. That's silencershop.com for all your suppressor needs. We'll be right back with more. Hold the line. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled, our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the Biden administration's border policy turns out to be like leaving the key under the mat for terrorists, or possible ones at least. According to the latest Border Patrol records obtained by Fox News, about two dozen suspected terrorists were caught at our southern border in 2021. Those apprehensions are just a small snapshot of the escalating immigration crisis. Customs and Border Protection said in a court filing that more than 221,000 migrants were encountered at the border just last month which is approximately 28% higher than March last year. Shocking, at the least. Joining me now with reaction, Todd Benzman, Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies and author of America's Covert Border War, The Untold Story of the Nation's Battle to Prevent Jihadist Infiltration. Todd Benzman. Todd, thanks for being with us. Great to be here. Thank you. So tell me about this, this national security threat at the border as it pertains to possible terrorist infiltration As I'm sure you can imagine, usually when this kind of story comes up, you get from the uh, legacy media, a lot of eye rolls and this is fear-mongering and it's nonsense. What's real, what's not?
4: Well, what's real is that migrants are coming from all over the world, 150 different countries. They always have, but there are greater percentages coming to the border from around the world now than ever before, fully 40% of everyone who reaches the border now is either is not from Central America or Mexico they're from all over the world including all of the countries of the Middle East South Asia you know Afghanistan Pakistan North Africa all of these muslim majority countries where we know terrorist organizations operate and it should not be a surprise to anyone that migrants who reach our border sometimes are already on the FBI's terrorism watch list. And that's what the Fox News report shows that 23 of them last year, which is about uh, in my, from my knowledge, uh, a a fairly normal uh, number, about 20 uh, a year we get like that who are already on the watch list.
0: Now, so about two dozen suspected terrorists is is the headline here that got so much attention. Do they ever track down? I mean, is 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 this a possible you know name mismatch situation? Or there's names of people from certain countries that might be spelled. You know what I mean? Is it or are these people that are actually on the radar because they're supposed to be on the terrorist watch list radar? And therefore, what do we do we find out that they've gotten into the country or tried to?
4: No, these are going to be fingerprint matches, and they also use retinal eye scan. Uh, and uh, triangulated photographs like bio, it's this is biometrically confirmed, these things. Uh, and just to give you an idea, I mean, we have had uh, several Yemenis cross the border recently in Calexico, California, who were on the FBI's terror watch list. One of them, who was on the higher threshold no fly list, had a SIM card hidden in the boot in his shoe. And we had a A Lebanese born Venezuela just crossed a few months ago uh, from Brownsville into Brownsville. And he was a high, derogatory, substantial derogatory intelligence information on him from Venezuela, probably Hezbollah, although the documents don't say that. The FBI goes down and interviews these migrants in the detention facilities to try to figure out something about them and they recommended the FBI that 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 individual stay in custody as a high flight risk and a high risk. ICE headquarters intervened on his behalf and cut him loose because he was overweight and at risk of catching COVID. He's running around in the Detroit area right now pursuing an asylum claim. Uh, So the, the, the point is, is that when we have Mass migration at this level with this many numbers, our systems are breaking down. The ones that we normally use to filter for these guys to try to figure out who they are, we deport most of them back home. That guy didn't get deported. And I'm aware of another Yemeni uh, who got caught by Mexico. And I've written extensively about that Yemeni who also got cut loose in the crazy chaos of the border. This is not a good time to have terrorists crossing our border
0: there's also the growing bipartisan concern over the lifting of title 42 a a broader issue at our border than even the terrorist infiltration possibility that we're just discussing here democrat senator chris coons for example is out there saying you know maybe we should give a little more thought to this lifting of title 42 situation watch this Title 42, which is a public health measure, uh, may be rolled back in a number of weeks. My hope is that that will be reconsidered appropriately. We do need to come together uh, and show our values that we can secure our border and improve the inhumane immigration system, uh, the immigration system Mm -hmm. that so many of us have worked to try and address for years. What do you think?
4: Well, an increasing number of Democrats are getting worried about the midterm elections is what I think. Uh, if you remember the Haitian camp crisis under the bridge uh, from September, uh, that was a real blight, uh, political blight. They needed to get rid of that fast. Uh, that is Republican campaign commercials right there. They do not want a whole bunch of those camps all along the river from California to here in the months ahead of the midterm elections. I don't blame them. Uh, I think it's just for the wrong reasons. We should not want that because it's bad for America. But that is really what's driving those Democrats more than anything else. They realize that that is an
0: extinction event. Here's a Wall Street Journal op-ed that says that by rescinding Title 42 without a substitute, he's doing more, meaning Joe Biden, to help restrictionists than Donald Trump did. The political backlash may force Mr. Biden to continue, uh, continue Title 42, but if he won't do that, he ought to drop his attempt to kill remain in Mexico and negotiate an updated accord with Mexico to continue it. the alternative is more border chaos and more fuel for the debacle the Democrats are facing in November. So looks like political reality here may be catching up to Democrats when it comes to the border in general.
4: Yeah, very much. I read that uh, editorial. And the problem is that Title 42 has always been a temporary measure. It was never, even if Trump was in office, he would have to eventually get rid of it. But he had policies in place to deter people from getting access to the asylum system, which is what this is really all about, uh, to defraud the asylum system in mass like that. Uh, but this turns out to be the default policy for the Biden administration it was the last thing that existed, the, the only speed bump, that the, the only membrane that he had to total mass uh, chaos down there. Uh, they're looking at twelve to 18,000 a day when this thing lifts. Uh, if you remember just a few years ago, Jay Johnson, Obama's secretary of DHS, said that if he came to work and there were more than 1,000 immigrants crossing that day, he was gonna be in a bad mood all day because that was a crisis. Imagine 12,000 a day, we're already at 7,000 a day now, 8,000. Uh, I mean, this thing is just going nowhere fast. Uh, and I don't think that they have a plan, except except to let everybody
0: in. Well, was what that I was going to ask and you. I mean, what, what do they do when the right. surge comes? If they don't want the political liability of the huge camps on the border, what are they going to do? What's the Biden regime going to do?
4: Well, there's a couple of things. One is that The administration just got approved a brand new regulation that allows frontline, low-level asylum officers rubber stamp yes or no on asylum claims as they come at the border, instead of giving those to immigration judges in a courtroom setting, uh, which is backlogged. So one possible way is that they'll use this, and it comes online in about 50 days. Uh, right at about the same time as Title 42 lifts, and one thing they could do is just stamp yes on everybody, have a factory, like a Lucy Ricardo kind of candy factory thing going through, but much smoother, where they just stamp everybody in. I recently read another piece, I don't know if it's true, I haven't independently confirmed this, that uh, there's a plan to have all uh, immigrants line up at the ports of entry and be allowed in in an orderly way uh, to the immigration officers that way. They're supposedly going to be exempt from 42 before 42 is over and to make it orderly looking. Although on the Mexican side, it'll be miles and miles long if they do that.
0: All right. We'll have to go see how this actually shakes out. It's pretty amazing stuff. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Mark Zuckerberg injected nearly $400 million to boost Democratic turnout during the 2000 election. But in a major victory for conservatives, the Facebook CEO recently announced he will not be doing so in future elections. Citizens United President David Bossie joins us after the break to talk about this. But first, let's discuss your most valuable asset and how to protect it. You know I'm skeptical by nature. When I heard that you could actually have your home title stolen online, I thought, how is that even possible? Well, it is. Your home's title is online. Cyber thieves find it. They forge your signature on a quit-claim deed. They act like they own your home. Take out loans against it. You won't find out about this until the demands for payment, perhaps even an eviction notice, arrives. Usual identity theft programs do not protect you. So here's what I urge you to do. First of all, go to HomeTitleLock.com, read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials, and then register your home address to see if you're already a victim of this crime and don't know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you. Make sure you get my listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. get HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back with David Bossy. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg pumped $400 million into the 2020 election, a spending spree he is now vowing never to repeat. The Washington Times reports a spokesperson for Mr. Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan, confirmed the couple will not provide funding that would be distributed to help operate election offices this year or any other year. They are not donating for something like this ever again, said Brian Baker, a spokesman for Mr. Zuckerberg and Ms. Chan. My next guest says Zuckerberg's announcement is a major victory for his group, who recently released a documentary entitled Rigged, the Zuckerberg-funded plot to defeat Donald Trump, in which he exposed the Facebook CEO's efforts to sway the election. Joining me now is the president of Citizens United, David Bossie. David, good to see you. Good to be with you, thanks for having me. All right, so let's, let's just start with, just so everyone knows, what did Zucker, uh, Zuckerberg do in the 2020 election before we get into this announcement and, and how we came to this point?
2: Sure, Zuckerberg in, nine, in, in 2020 uh, funded through the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative a, a, a little over $400 million. Uh, to these two 501C3 organizations that are supposed to be nonpartisan nonprofits. Uh, And not only was the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, their chief strategist, David Plouffe, who was Barack Obama's campaign manager, those C3s were run uh, and still are run by Obama acolytes, hardcore leftists running these organizations. um, And they made sure that the money was put into uh, uh, it, it, an effort that was going to put their thumb on the scale for Joe Biden long before Election Day ever happened. And that's what our film Rigged um, is all about. And, and folks can go to Rigged2020.com, stream it from anywhere on any device uh, and, and get the facts and evidence for themselves. They don't have to take my word for it. They can go and watch it. Uh, and learn, because America's been thirsty for this information, but for the last 18 months, been a lot of frustration over what happened and how it happened, and I think this helps solve that for them.
0: I mean, what do you make of this Zuckerberg team announcement here? Do you really think he's going to stay out of the election, or is he going to try to find ways to influence it without being as out in front with hundreds of millions of dollars clearly influencing it?
2: Right, I think that they didn't think they were going to get caught the first time. To be honest with you, I don't I don't think that they anticipated uh, this level of scrutiny. Uh, but as they the old saying goes, uh, sunlight's the best disinfectant. I do believe that the Zuckerberg's going to be very cautious and very careful. Maybe just maybe he does something a little different again. He obviously has promised not to do this again. But that doesn't mean other of his billionaire friends can't step in and fill his shoes. So it's good that states are outlawing uh, uh, private funding of elections. And and so far, 20 states uh, have done that. 15 states have passed it into law. Five Democrat governors uh, have vetoed the legislation. All five, by the way, in Democrat swing states, uh, because I think they know they need to try to do it again.
0: David, what do you think the current state of election integrity is? And we're going into a midterm election this year. Clearly, you've done a deep dive and you've got this documentary on, on what Zuckerberg's hundreds of millions did in the last election. But what are your expectations going forward that some of the, let's say, election integrity shortcomings of 2020 will not be repeated in this critical midterm?
2: So, but that's the million-dollar question, right? Or actually, in the, I guess in this day and age, it's a billion-dollar question. It, 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 drop boxes, absentee ballot programs, ballot curing operations, which is what some of Zuckerberg's money went and paid for. Those are things that were used because of the guise of COVID, of COVID-19, that we must have safe elections and therefore we have to take all of these, make you know, make elections easier for people to vote, but yet more rampant for fraud and and abuse. And I think that that's, America has seen enough of COVID. I think we have to move like the rest of society. We're moving, uh, you know, just uh, now we're having a a federal judge throw out the mask mandate on an airplane. So I I hope I don't get arrested tonight when I'm on my flight. So it's it's, it's a, uh, uh, you know, we're moving away from these COVID restrictions. It should be the same thing for 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 the elections and election integrity. We have to go back to 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 one to to one person one vote. You can't. We we have to have every legitimate vote counted, and the illegitimate votes not. counted.
0: What are your expectations for the Democrat narrative going into a midterm election? Where I mean, on this show, night in night out, we're talking about. A border with the worst numbers that anybody's ever seen. So if you don't like illegal immigration, clearly the Biden administration is is failing on that front. And that's a big issue, according to the Polling for Americans. Crime is way up in major cities all across the country. That's just indisputable at this point. And it wasn't the result of COVID. Inflation's at, what, 8.5%, a 40-year high. People are talking about a real possibility of recession in the next 6 to 12 months. So how do you think the Democrats try to make the case going in? I mean, I'm just wondering at this stage what they think they can say to try to sell two more years of a Democrat-controlled House, for example, to the American people.
2: Yeah, but it's exactly what you said. One, One crisis after another. One crisis, crime, open borders, inflation, at home and abroad. And that's really what um, what the American people are going to be expected, if you're a Democrat, to, to buy more of uh, when it when it comes to this uh, November's midterm elections. And I don't see it happening. I see Republicans uh, winning back the majority in the House. We'll see if they're able to pull it off in the Senate. The numbers are just much more difficult in the Senate. But I got to tell you, um, for the American people to be told, are you going to, believe me or your lying eyes. It's not, you don't really, you're not really paying more at the gas pump or at the grocery store. It's not really our policies that are doing it. You you look at what Donald Trump did. People can agree or disagree. They like his mean tweets. They don't like his mean tweets. They they don't like some of his policies. But the one thing they have to acknowledge is that these things didn't happen um, when he was president. And therefore, I think, the winning, back, winning back the House is the key to stopping Joe Biden's runaway presidency uh, and, and, and getting control of the purse strings once again, trying to get inflation back under control without just, because in answer to inflation, everybody's saying, yippee, we're going to raise interest rates. I don't think people have thought through what the, what the effect of the interest rate hikes are going to be on the housing market and, 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 other, uh, and other markets.
0: David, where can people go to watch the latest Citizens United documentary? Uh, They can
2: go to rigged2020.com. You can stream it anywhere around the world, Uh, you know, uh, or on any device. Uh, Please do it today and learn more about what Mark Zuckerberg did to uh, impact the 2020 election.
0: David, thanks for being with us. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. According to White House spokesperson Jen Saki, the administration may be preparing to make good on its campaign promise to cancel billions of dollars in student debt, telling reporters that it's, quote, still on the table. We have more on that with the First TV's TNLO when we come back. First, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. There are all these companies that say your privacy is guaranteed. We know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms out there. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data and never asks for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, or anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on by your internet provider or big tech. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. Costs only $5 for the Messenger, only $10 for the Messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S E K-U-R.com. Use promo code BUCK for 25% off, and we'll be right back with more Hold the Line. With the average college student carrying almost $30,000 in student loan debt after graduation, the Biden administration is facing pressure to keep its promise, to uphold the student loan forgiveness plan. On Friday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki gave a not so straightforward answer to this question. Take a look at this point in time. It expires in May. Uh, Obviously, we'll have an informal announcement to make before that timeline. I don't have anything to preview
2: at this point in time. Obviously, we look at and assess uh, what the needs are uh, for the people who are impacted uh, by the payment of student loans uh, as we make these assessments. Um, I would note that no one has been required to pay a single dime of federal
0: student loans since the President took office. Uh, And of course, the Department of Education will continue to Communicate directly with borrowers about federal student loan repayment and servicers
1: as we make this final decision.
0: So she basically leaves us with a maybe it will, maybe it won't answer, which doesn't really help anybody I'm trying to figure out what's going on. That's Jensaki for you, of course, but we have somebody who does like to give real answers. Tiana Lo of the First, who
3: is with us now. Tiana, hello.
1: Hi, Buck.
3: What's going on here? So, this is
1: an, in effect the student loan um, debt repayment pause or cancellation. Right now it's a pause, but in effect, it is a cancellation because of the rampant inflation that we have. So even when the debt repayment are started up again, because interest rates are increasing and inflation is increasing for all of this time, in effect, borrowers are getting a tax cut. And this is a regressive tax cut. We know that the burden of student loan debt is held by um, Americans. So it is a tax cut for wealthier people. Lots of people who are already, industries were not being damaged by the pandemic in the same way that those working in food service and hospitality were. Um, And not only is this a regressive tax cut for the wealthy, it's a regressive tax cut for the wealthy in a time when we need monetary constraints, we need fiscal policy to stop being so expansionary. You know, so restarting those payments would potentially at least lessen the inflationary pressures going on. By continuing this pause, it's making inflation worse by keeping that money supply so high. But Democrats, right now, I mean it's clear, you know, in the same way that Jen Saki talks to her constituents about, you know, go do a kickboxing class and have a margarita. It's clear that it's, it's, you know, the Democratic Party clearly thinks that white college-educated middle managers are their base. They do not understand that the average, the median voter in America, middle-aged, non-college-educated worker, not a college-educated worker, and certainly not, you know, the type that really stands to benefit from this debt cancellation.
0: I just want to say, important safety tip always have the margarita before you go to kickboxing class because you will feel it less when you get hit. I'm just saying, putting it out there (laughs) for everybody. I'd like to help the folks. According to a report from Forbes, 64% of registered voters are in support of student loan forgiveness. And if there is any student loan cancellation, it could be limited to certain student loan borrowers, such as those who are struggling financially or earn a lower income. What say you, Tina?
1: I mean, at that rate, why can't we cancel other kinds of debt where we at least have collateral? You know, if you can't pay back the mortgage on your house, the bank can take your house. There is no collateral when it comes to student loan debt. And quite frankly, it's insulting because you and I as taxpayers are the ones who are effectively paying for it, not just directly in the sense of, you know, we fund Pell grants and Title IX and all sorts of things that go directly to university funding, research and development and science labs but also indirectly because you know the obama administration had the taxpayer essentially foot the bill for unfettered student loans so these university administrators know they can jack up prices if you look at the at the ratio between students and professors that has not gone up what has gone up are the number of you know diversity equity inclusion deans and administrators so it's just a bigger administrative state that we are funding and right now, colleges have no incentive to cancel it. And the reason why it's popular is because if you pull anything, anything in America, if you phrase it in the right way to make it sound like, oh, do you want to stop war in Ukraine? Okay, you can pull a no fly zone that way. Do you want to risk America going into nuclear war and do a no fly zone? We get two very different polling responses with this. So I think that if more Americans understood that by doing debt cancellation, it gives universities a much bigger leash to increase tuitions. If they understood that and if they understood that the people who stood the most to benefit from this are wealthier than the media in America, I think that polling would look very differently.
0: Tia, uh, Tiana, uh, something, something else I wanna ask you about. Apple is uh, constantly coming out with new updates for the iPhone. They're definitely a company that is left-leaning in their politics. And the latest one here is that one of the new iPhone updates Added pregnant man emojis along with other gender-neutral cartoons. My understanding is that now you can have an emoji of a pregnant person with a beard. Oh, we don't have one of the bearded ones there. I pre- Personally, I prefer the pregnant man with beard emoji as a bearded person myself. I feel like why leave me out of the possibility of pregnancy in this world? What is going on?
1: Um. But what is going on is the seminal question of of the queer theory movement and whatnot. For starters, I don't. i I just. I don't think that this is. You know, 20 years ago, when the LGBT movement was thinking about crusading for gay marriage, I don't think that that the culmination of it would be. You know, have there be 57 different genders and make sure that men have the right to you know be called women. But it is funny to me how this stuff always only goes one way. You don't see biological women or trans men fighting to be in men's prisons. Why, why, why have I not heard about trans men wanting to be in men's prisons or men's bathrooms or men's sports? It only goes one way. For some reason, it's always the biological men who want to be women. If Leah Thomas wants to compete against women, it's men want to be able to have babies. You know, now, now there's an entire lexicon being divide, devised about the entire, you know, science of childbirth where women are chest feeders and pregnant people, not pregnant women are pregnant or expecting mothers. Why don't we start, you know, when, when is the men's restroom going to be called the, the bathroom for penis hackers? Um, yeah, no, the wokeness always only goes one way. And there's a reason why the old school feminists are pissed about. There's a reason why J.K. Rowling and Judith Butler are the ones who have been very critical of this.
0: Like uh, Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire keeps asking all these lib, leftist theorists of sociology and and gender theory, what is a woman, Tina? I thought we all knew, but apparently we don't.
1: I'm not a biologist, so I can't tell you. Although I will say at least we do still at a baseline level, the left does acknowledge that biology is a part of it.
0: Biology (laughs) is still there. Political science is actually what we're doing here when we talk about the pregnant man emoji, but that's a conversation we'll continue on another day. Tina, good to see you. Thank you, Buck. Look, you know I don't like making fun of President Biden for a clear cognitive decline. It's sad, but it's real. And there were some strange moments at the White House annual Easter egg roll that you should probably see. We have those coming up in Quick Hits tonight. Stay with us. President Biden had a few strange moments during the White House's annual Easter egg roll, and some Christians singing on a plane seemed to trigger Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. We have those stories in Quick Hits. Let's hop into it right now. Is there, Easter Bunny? hop. Huh? Well, here's the Easter Bunny leading Joe Biden away from reporters. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Pakistan
3: should not, and Afghanistan should be All the Easter Bunny, Easter Easter Bunny the Lord, Mr. President. Happy, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, I think maybe he just felt like walking somewhere else there. That, that one didn't really seem that strange to me, to be honest with you guys. But uh, then there's Jill Biden at the opening of the Easter egg roll telling him to wave, wave, watch.
4: Welcome to the South Lawn. Thank you and happy, happy Easter.
3: All right. Wait, wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Getting the reminder from. Doctor Jill Biden, a PhD in Education from University of Delaware. We all gotta call her doctor, or else
4: sexist,
0: something like that, right? Gotta call her doctor. No, I'd rather not. I'd rather not actually. Uh, this is still, still technically a free country. It feels less and less so with each passing day, perhaps, but it's still technically a free country. And as part of it being a free country, one thing I would point out to you is that you are still allowed to sing without. The Stasi coming and locking you up. You're allowed to, on a, the holiest day for Christians, the day of Easter, the day of Jesus' resurrection, um, you're allowed to sing and worship, and, and you can even have a nice moment on a plane. Watch this one. Nice, right? I mean, who could have a problem with that? Who could think there's anything, you know, just having a nice moment, singing a song? What's the big deal, right? Ilhan Omar didn't like it. Quote from her tweet here, I think my family and I should have a prayer session next time I'm on a plane. How do you think it will end? I suppose what Ilhan Omar is going for there is that there's so much anti-Muslim bigotry that if she were to engage in the call to prayer uh, on a plane, that would be some huge problem. That's just not true. I've, I've seen this on planes before. People don't make a big deal of it at all. They you know, someone's engaging in their call to prayer. There are airlines that actually tell everybody on the back of the seat what the direction of Mecca is. I mean, this is, this is not such a big deal. But Ilhan Omar, you get the sense for somebody who fled a war-torn country, in her case Somalia, was given refuge in the wealthiest, uh, freest, and fairest country in the world, America, has risen to become a, not just a member of Congress, but a prominent member of Congress, you get the sense that she is not exactly full of gratitude for this great country, that she has arrived here, she has excelled here, because of the system we have that allows people to excel, regardless of race, creed, et cetera, you just can excel if you put in hard work. she, she managed to do well for herself and now thinks that it is her job to constantly undermine and criticize the country that was really so important for her. Well, that's how Dems are. That's how liberals are. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields hot. There's a battle going on right now that may be the most important fight our country's had since the Revolutionary War. Once again, it's about our freedom. People like you and me are being canceled, our speech increasingly censored by big tech and corporate media. Can't let that happen. Time to fight back. Please stand with us and support The First TV. Be a part of our team dedicated to preserving the very essence of who we are, free Americans. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel the to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at t2t.org. That's t the number two t.org.
1: From original art and diplomas to ticket stubs and the keys to your first home, we all have mementos we'd love to put on display. FrameBridge is the easy and affordable way to custom frame just about anything, with fair upfront pricing based on the size of your item and fast, free shipping. Plus, your happiness is guaranteed. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started. That's FrameBridge.com.